Hello, good evening and welcome to the latest episode and indeed the first summer episode of The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host Steph and this week, in the first of these summer specials, we will be, by invitation, playing directors of football at Tottenham Hotspur and keenly reviewing our squad, deciding who is surplus to requirements and who we need to keep. By invitation, you ask? Well, in light of the recent commitment to engage supporters with the running of the club, Daniel dropped a line to his old muckers here at The Game Is About Glory and asked us to help Hitchin and co out. That, my friends, is fan representation at board level for you, and we are delighted to step up to the task. There's still no guarantee that our advice not to accept Greenock Morton's bid for Harry Kane will be heard. Indeed, that deal might be announced before this pod is released. However, we're confident that we've got it all right with the squad manoeuvres and hope that you agree too. If not, drop us a line, drop us some feedback, tweet us, or just start yelling, no, you tossers, at your device as you're listening. Tonight's team, tonight's very, very special advisory team for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club in all matters of player development, Ricky, Ram, Milo. Hello, chaps. Hi, yeah. Good evening, Steph. Hi, Very Steph. good. And, you know, given chaps that were on this uh, mission to help Daniel and co out and help the club out with something as important as this, uh, you know, and something they've had problems with in the last few years, uh, you know, we'll get right to it, yeah? I think we should just, you know, get right to I it. I think that's the way to do it. Okay. okay. Uh, so, just to outline again for everyone, what we are going to do is look at each area of the team and discuss who stays, who goes, who we loan out, and who is available at the right price. We will thus determine whether our mighty Tottenham Hotspur are in need of a total rebuild or just a tweak, nip and tuck. So chaps, let's show why our player appraisal talents are so highly regarded. Uh, and we'll, 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 let's get a bit of background in first to what's been going on this season and where we're at right now as a football club. Uh, the Premier League transfer window runs from the 9th of June to the 31st of August this year. And albeit we are not going to be discussing potential incomings that is not what this pod is about it is a window that's worth noting especially when i tell you that the euros run from june 11th to july 11th which realistically means we're not going to see a lot of transfer business until mid-july it makes things like the squad review possibly more important than it's ever been and once again underscores why old dl has been on the phone to his mates games <laughs> about glory the premier league season kicks off on the 14th of august so as you can see we're back to having a couple of weeks of the season before that window slams shut our first Europa Proletariat genius best tournament in Europe uh, conference fixture is on August the 19th. As a squad, let's look at the numbers. We have 28 first team squad members, including incoming and outgoing loans. A few of those look like they will be resolved soon, which would bring the squad size down a little. And indeed, we will discuss that. OK, chaps, just to give an overview of where we're at. Here is a breakdown of players. Well, I suppose by vintage would probably be the nicest <laughs> way to put it. <laughs> Our elder statesman would be at 34 years of age, we've got Hugo Lloris and Joe Hart. At 32, we've got Toby Alderweireld. At 31, we've got Gareth Bale and Musa Sissoko. Uh, Bale technically is no longer our player, I don't believe. However, the club did just tweet a picture of him training for Wales, which uh, somewhat means that someone somewhere is still including him as part of our setup. Intriguing. We won't drill down too far into that. We have a peak age section here. Peak players, players in their peak according to age as we've drilled it down. 29 years old, we have Doherty and Lamella. 28, Sonny, Mora, Aurier and Davies. At 27, we've got Kane and Dyer. 26 is Vinicius. 25, Hoybier, Winks, Lacelso, and Delhi. 24 years old, Sanchez, Region, and Dombele. And then we've got, oh, I suppose we've got the kids, really, relatively speaking. 23 years old, Bergwijn, Roden, and Foyth. And at 22 years old, Whitman and Tanganga. So 
We've had a little intro here, guys. We know the direction that we're going to be going in order to do the job that has been tasked to us by Mr. Levy and uh, and Mr. Hitchin. Uh, so let's just start with a couple of general ones here. And Ricky, I'm going to go to you first. You know, how big a squad do you think we should be looking at? Um, well, obviously, I think smaller than we've got now because we definitely added to the squad but didn't really take many away last season. And I think even Jose said that uh, our squad was a bit bloated. I think we could 24, 23, something like that. Maybe one for each position. and uh, Two players for each position, should I say. And I would also quite like, if sort of going forward, if we could maybe, like, four, we could aim for four of those positions to be like academy players or something like that. That's what I would like because they're not going to play that often, but it's about time we kind of integrated some people from the academy and made that work for us. And uh, Conference League will help with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think um, if we get a kind draw in the early rounds of the League Cup and the conference uh, group stage and uh, playoff, I think it is ideal chance for some of those academy kids to come in and, and get some minutes. And I and I, wonder, I agree with you. I think a, a tight squad with um, some of those players making up the numbers would be, um, would be a really good way to go. With the academy players coming in, I think for me that would have to be reliant on whether, we're, whether we want to start a project again or... Um, if we're, it depends on what we're looking for to do as a club. I think if you bring four or five academy players in, I get the feeling then you potentially lose out on uh, other signings that come in, and it could affect us in terms of our league position and what we're doing in the cups. Okay, so so what I would say to that, Ram, is I'm not saying that I, I think I agree with um, Ricky that you're looking at two players for each position. So we've got cover in there, mm. but what you're using the academy for is in the um, the weaker cup games you're using them to supplement the squad. So probably okay. bench positions rather than being... So they're not part of the 22. It's 22 plus uh, Divine, Scarlet, John, Sirkin, and they come into those games is how I would see it. Hang, hang on, hang on. What's that, Steve? Daniel said, ask Ram what he's... Yeah, okay, 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 chaps. Sorry, <laughs> so that's a word from the board. Ram, <laughs> uh, the, what, what, the, what the big guns want to know is, uh, what are you thinking? I mean, do you think that this... You know, how much freshening up do we need to see versus how much is this a project uh, versus how much are we going to be looking, you know, to try and just have, uh, you know, bish, bash, bosh, here's a bit of silverware for the for yeah. the, tro- for the, for, for the cabinet. Uh, that's, yeah, I feel like... Uh, sorry, uh, I feel like I went a bit Jose there, didn't I? I would straight off the bat. But, well, um, I did. I have to say uh, yeah. that, that I, I can see Daniel in, in a little screen in my far corner, and he did raise his eyebrow a little bit. He wants some clarification, <laughs> and so let, let's 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 make sure we rep the fans properly here, mate. Okay. Well, firstly, yeah, I actually got the wrong end of the stick there. I realise what you meant now. Uh, it was the, the twenty-two players, two for each position, and then bring in some other positions, which I actually agree with. Um, I think in terms of what we need, in terms of freshening up the squad, this is a squad that finished. Seventh, it's a squad that we we had a we had a really bad season by by our expectations. I don't think we need as much freshening mm. up as we maybe thought we did. Um, I did a, you know I did a little list of like of my own of kind of uh you know where, outgoing and things like that, which we'll discuss you know obviously in due course in the pod. But for me, I had a core group of like. 20 22 23 which weren't necessarily two players in each position but then I thought we could add maybe another three or four to that and we're pretty much set for but you know um a, another challenge for like top four top mm. five again yeah and just as you know Daniel did just say to me uh you know getting the wrong end of the stick it's fine he also got the wrong end of the stick in November 2019 so he knows the feeling if we go back to the painful rebuild comments that Pochettino made and I think we are partly way part of the way into that and I would see it that we've got another two summers to complete that rebuild so I think 
what we'd be looking at this summer is kind of the most urgent work and then completing that um, the following year. I agree with Ram that the squad isn't quite as bad as we fear. Realistically, we were holding on to a couple of results away from Champions League football this year. That you know, There are gaps in the squad that need to be addressed. There are some players that need to be moved on. I think this is more of a nip and tuck as as you introduced it, Steph, rather than um, uh, you know, a comprehensive rebuild. Yeah, I think we've definitely got some legacy players from the Poch time that um, need to be moved on. Uh, but like like Milo says, I mean, there must be it's probably ten, eleven, twelve players that are really got no hangover from the Poch era. I mean, people keep going on about the rebuild, but I mean that has been underway. The problem we've had is is we've we've had no. Well, I don't think Josie was a coach to to take those new players on and turn them into something because. We wasn't very good at coaching him, I don't think, to develop a new team. He wasn't a person for a rebuild. He was a person to squeeze that last bit of um, energy and belief out of them. Uh, he did certainly squeeze the last bit of belief out of them. He squeezed <laughs> the belief. He squeezed the life. He squeezed all much of out us. of them. Yeah, and and again, life, I mean, yeah. again, as we also say, and I suppose I'm doing this somewhat because I like to think of myself as relatively balanced. He did get a couple of things right, and I think we've acknowledged that in the last few pods. It wasn't all terrible but 95 percent of it was um so so ricky i'll stick with you for a moment just with this final uh yep. question before we get into the actual you know the nuts and bolts of it you know what given uh where you know what summer 2021 is in the world uh what is a realistic turnover situation do you think i mean it, you know what's what's realistic in terms of incomings and outgoings and numbers i mean are we going to be able to do what we really want without being able to sort of judge the landscape of the market in the first place as in who's got money who hasn't got money because of the COVID and how that's going to how we're going to kind of fall out of that and how other clubs are going to fall out of that and with other things tied up with um different leagues having like tv deals cancelled and that kind of thing um some clubs are going to be more desperate than others but then some clubs might be more desperate to sell players from abroad but at the same time uh, they're going to not going to be clubs that are going to be buying people either so when we've got a lot of players to sell when we probably have got a good 10 11 that could go um realistically can we really get rid of more than about five or six one for is a lot of business that we'd have to get done i mean a lot we, we could get rid of five or six without actually signing anyone and yeah. it wouldn't be that wouldn't have that greater effect on us basically i think that's right i mean it does feel that this summer's going to be a buyer's market rather than a seller's market doesn't it which is mm. which is bad for us i think the biggest issue that we've had over the last three or four years is not selling players i know that a lot of spurs fans will disagree with me on this but i think actually most of our purchases have been pretty good um but they've come into a destabilized club not an ideal um, situation in order to um, integrate yourself into the team and perform at your best so i think that you know that's been the problem with incoming players rather than that we've been signing crap players because I really don't believe that but I think we've we've really struggled to move players on and particularly under Pochettino who wanted a smaller squad the lack of outgoings meant that we couldn't sign players in because he didn't want to work with a lot of players. Considering that he looks like one of the leading candidates to come in and be the next manager, yeah, moving on players is going to be a real priority for us. It's going, to, it's going to be an issue. We were talking just before we came on about the loan we've just taken out to help repla- repay the um, the Bank of England loan we took out, you know, the bridging loan to cover us over, um, over over COVID. That was for £250 million. I think the um, I think the Bank of England loan was £170 
180, 180 million. I'm not quite sure, but there was, um, yeah, there's definitely a bit of surplus there. And I wonder whether that's to help us get our buying done early on. And yeah, on the basis that it's that a lot of clubs, a lot of you know, big clubs out there who are broke at the moment, absolutely broke. Um, it's going to be a good summer to try and sign players if, if, you've, if you've got old, money there. Good old bottom feeding. Yeah. We're in the boardroom tonight to go through the players. All our decisions tonight are going to be based on what the four of us think. You might hear a little bit of discussion with regards to if a certain manager uh, is appointed. But generally speaking, this is our punt. And, and you should bear in mind that, you know, it might change according to who the manager is. As surprising as it is, our decisions might get usurped by an incoming manager. I just want to make that clear. And we, we're clear on that as well. We're okay with that, aren't we, lads? We're okay if that happens. <laughs> yeah, of, of course. Okay, we're, we're, we're benevolent like that. <laughs> Before we get going, we should say that Paolo Gazaniga and Danny Rose uh, were released this week at the end of their contracts. Both have been, I think we'd all agree, very good servants for us. But Danny Rose leaving, you know, it does have a particular tinge of sadness considering, you know, how it, it, it has gone south uh, in these last couple of years. And we're planning to do an episode looking back at Danny Rose in happier times with the club and, you know, just really appreciate all that he did for us and all that he gave to us. Um, I think that we all hope that he either finds a good club or finds a good situation where he's happy in football and his career has another happy chapter and a happy ending. He deserves it and we will be analysing all that Danny Rose did for this football club in a future pod. Okay, chaps, first up, we're going to look at the keepers. So, Loris, Hart, Whitman, Ricky... Yes, you're not. Me. You're not the fourth um, keeper. I'm coming to you to ask. Sell, <laughs> <laughs> sell. So, so. Yeah, sell. So. Get Ricky so, go. go. I'm homegrown. I'm homegrown. <laughs> <laughs> no, Hart can go. I did notice he's he's got another year on his contract anyway. Who? Surely Hart is the kind of person on a one year contract, isn't he? Not a two well, year. Apparently not. So yeah, Hart can go. Loris, very interesting. I think this year. I know he's getting older, but I thought we had a really solid season this year. Mm. And he really stood up for us and was one of our kind of main people. And he's always got that great shot stopping, which doesn't seem to be diminishing at all. Um, I think, like we said before, we need someone that's going to be a, a bit of succession planning for our goalkeeper. So whether that's this year, I mean, Loris can definitely, I think Loris is his final year next year as yeah, well on his contract. Right. So um, he can definitely stay next, well, he'll definitely be here next year. And then whether that means we can get someone to sort of follow him behind him for a year, whether one of the young keepers are good enough for that, probably not. I mean, it's a bit of a push for mm-hmm. one of them to step forward but yeah on this season's form although I would say on any of the players we discuss you can't really quite hard to carry over what happened last season on whether to decide you know with the form or non-form of a player when deciding whether they should stay or go really because mm. last season was a bit of a you know bit of a shit show really ruthless decisions to be made here so Hart's going you're keeping Loris are you, are you keeping Whitman yeah unless he goes on loan okay unless, if we get a third keeper that might be capable of becoming the understudy then Whitman would have to go but on But for loan. the purposes yeah. of the immediate discussion, two kept, heart out. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Milo? Um, yeah, I agree with that. I, when I was talking about kind of finishing off the rebuild being a two-year project, I would look at, you know, Lloris's contract's up next summer, maybe extend it if he's up for it, but that's probably extending with hopefully a, a new first choice coming in. So uh, replacing him as first choice wouldn't be a priority for me this summer unless there was a really good, you know, player became available to take that. Hart... I don't think he's up to the job. If if Lloris was injured for any period of time, I'd be really worried about having Hart in goal. I take it that he's a good character to have around, but I don't want a cheerleader as my second choice goalkeeper. So um, ideally, 
I'd sell him and uh, I'd sell him and sign someone who could eventually replace Larice, but that might be a tall order. In which case, I'd sell him and, and buy someone who's competent. Okay. Yeah, usually with keepers, uh, a bit like when Loris joined us, they don't. It's almost like they don't usually sit in the background for too no, long. Do right. they? It's almost like the new the new keepers kind of comes and he's in within a month, or the other keepers already gone, or something like that. Yeah. Ideal would be signing someone who replaced Larice by Christmas, and then Larice is out the final year of a contract, and then we're looking to sign a reserve keeper next next summer. Okay. That might be a tall order. Yeah. Sorry, one thing I would say about Larice is I think him being uncomfortable on the ball is a hindrance in a team that's trying to p- play possession football. And when we look at how we struggle uh, against teams that press us, the main reasons I see for that is that our, our, our centre-halves aren't particularly comfortable passing and in possession and neither is Lloris. So I think if we want to be a possession side, if we want to be able to play under a press, then we need a better keeper or a keeper is more com- comfortable with that. But it's not it's not a priority for this summer. Ram? Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think that there's any kind of big priority to, for a first choice, a, a new first choice. I actually, though I f- uh, flip-flopped earlier between do we keep Hart on, basically think we keep him on as a cheerleader. <laughs> Because apparently he's he's a good voice in the dressing room or something like that. Yeah, I know, I know. Come back to the land of land of the normal. But um, to be honest, what was the point? Uh, I, I think Vaughan would have done a better mm. job for another season than than taking Hart on. But um, if we can get um, you know someone that can be happy with being second choice but is solid um, as the second choice, and then I would like to keep Whiteman on as a, I think normally there there tend to be three keepers. Yeah, that's in, right. You know, in the squad, so I'd keep keep Whiteman on and you know and, uh, with with the intention of him potentially getting some game time but also just being around the first mm-hmm. team squad I agree 100% I would my first order of business would be to offer Hugo a year extension I'd like him for two more years I think whoever is going to be the next keeper will need uh, his experience around the club and I actually have high hopes that he could eventually become uh, a bit of a Ledley story and become possibly a member of future coaching staff so I think it's uh, imperative that we that we offer him an extra year I'm offering him an extra year. Joe Hart, I never really knew what you did for us and that's okay because um, we're moving you on. Thanks very much. And this is a prime <laughs> this is a prime test of our board's ability to understand that you don't trip over uh, you know pounds to pick up pennies. You know, if someone offers us even remotely reasonable money, he must be moved on. And Whitman, I think, you know, by proxy of the fact that we do not have a current viable second keeper I think you have to keep him and you have to develop him and see what's there and uh, so you know I won't even get into who we should sign or who we shouldn't for me it's it's clear bye bye Joe hello Hugo for an extra year extension and Whitman come along for the ride and let's see what happens yeah Okay. Yep, agreed. So, chaps, our next uh, port of call uh, will be defenders. It's a rather a large list, actually, considering we couldn't uh, <laughs> considering we couldn't defend to save our lives last <laughs> season. It's somewhat uh, it's it's a huge list, actually. Let's do our fullbacks first. Our recognised fullbacks. Mm. Okay. So we got Doherty, Region, Aurier, Davis, and Sessignon, who of course is returning to us. Milo, why don't you kick off? So I'd be looking for two out. I would be looking to sell. I definitely want to sell Aurier. Davis will be available at the right price. So I, I think if we need to sell to to um, to invest to spend, then Davies is um, I think he's reasonably saleable. I think he'd do a good job for um, a fair chunk of the Premier League sides. I think he'd, he'd look really good for a lot of them. And I think um, we struggled a bit this season with the different playing styles between our left backs. So he was so different from Reguilón that when Reguilón was injured, we had to change how we played. So I think going into next season with Reguilón and Sessignon, 
I think if we're being honest, neither of those are better defenders than Davis. I think Davis is probably a better defender than either of them, but they're more similar in style and it gives us uh, it gives us better balance and it means that we can set up a way of playing that we don't have to change when a player's injured. I said Laurier, Doherty has had an absolutely appalling season, but there's only so much change you can do and mm. I would look to sign a first choice right back and and have him a second choice and hope that he has a stronger second season. And again, some of the managers that are being talked about um, have got a good record of turning average uh, fullbacks into great fullbacks, and I wonder whether they could do a job with him. Okay, uh, Ricky. Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I'm not quite sure about Davis because we're like we're going to hang our hat quite a bit on Sessegnon turning the corner at Hoffenheim, mm-hmm. and I think he has a good season there. But when he when he's played for us, considering with the kind of reputation he came with, he looks he's a timid player. He's just his, his character. He really doesn't he doesn't feel like he he belongs in the game, or he doesn't create an impression on the game and considering what he was when he was at Fulham and a youth player he was I wouldn't say the opposite of that but he definitely affected games he was a real starlet yeah so Sess is still a bit of um I'm still on the fence with Sess not saying that he can't make it and he's not a good player but I'm just saying that if we've got Reggie and Sessignon and then Sess still isn't very good we're left with basically Reggie and the other thing with Davis is he's actually is he is just quite a solid solid reliable 7 out of 10 defender and in some games where we don't really want to be too committing too much or we're just seeing games out or he can do minutes there when it will obviously give Reggie a bit of a rest as well because I think we've seen this year Reggie could be still needs to get up to speed at the Premier League maybe I know he had his injuries but maybe it was a fitness thing or he's surprised about how quick the league is and that kind of so Reggie's still kind of settling as well on the right side Aurier can go Doherty's got to stay just because of circumstance really and we and we get a real solid almost kind of nailed on decent starting right back if it costs money then it costs money so I agree entirely with that but uh, around Davis I but I do think that if we need to sell to invest then we've got to look for saleable assets yeah. and there aren't many in the in the team and I think we could probably get you know 15 million for him which would be useful and right. I think the other thing is is that if we're looking at two for each position then we're already going out for, uh, going above that if we're looking at three left backs. So I think if we hold on to Davis yeah, if we yeah. hold on to Davis we're loaning out Sessegnon again which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world and probably you know be good for his development. There's a lot to unpack there and I think one thing that's really <laughs> just become very clear to me is just where we are as uh, as a team as a club at the moment is how difficult it is to kind of think about who to sell and who not to sell and and how how they're going to fit in without being aware of of the manager first of all and also the system or the style of play so like I'm just listening to you guys and I'm thinking I'd written some stuff down and it basically just all goes out the window now <laughs> and like you guys have made some good points and I had in my kind of you know to possibly sell the same as Milo and and, and Ricky like Aurea and Davies Davies I'd, I w- I'd probably want to keep more for sentimental reasons I think he's been a great mm-hmm. servant for us um, but yeah I, I'd have like I think Doherty, um, as, as there's still a play, player there, and I think you know, given uh, let's see him in a in a more kind of in a system that potentially either suits him or where he can be, you know, he can kind of be feel more settled in the squad, um, and then potentially get another right back in. Uh, I, I agree, like hanging hanging your hat on Sessegnon, who's still quite unproven at Spurs um, mm-hmm. as opposed to anywhere else, is, is is difficult, you know. And do do we get someone else in um, who who is a bit more proven? Where is that player? Can we find him? I'm going to come in and, and I think again be be quite ruthless. Aria, I think he's is once again a fait accompli. He wants to leave. His mm-hmm. time is up with us. Mm-hmm. I think, in fairness to Jose Mourinho, he probably got more out of him in the last year than I I could ever have expected. But he goes for me. 
if I am going to choose between who I sell as an asset between Davies and Sessignon, I'm going to sell Sessignon. I think we get more money for him because he's a younger prospect and I really don't think he's going to make the grade with us. That's my feeling. It was my feeling from the first season that he did kind of play in and out with us and I'm still not altogether sure he's got the courage. In the short term, given where we are with COVID and 2021 and the market being unpredictable and finances, Davies to me represents a professional who can play two positions who knows the club so I think purely in a financial sense I'm going to get more for selling Sessignon and uh, I think given the parameters that we don't know it's it would be it would be the way to, to raise funds Ricky I would just that's what I was saying before I would just really I would just keep all three for this one season one because we're not sure about Sess and of course Reggie is pretty much your left back left wing back when Sessegnon could be a left wing back and mm. even a bit further forward if necessary, mm. yeah. Davis could be a solid left back and at a push, a left left centre centre half of three. So we've got a kind of whole like kind of wave of people up that left there that and hopefully they will sort themselves out over that next season and then it'll be next season that we will fix anything that we need to fix on that side. It might end up we not need to fix anything if Sessignon becomes good. We'll just end up with Reggie and Sessignon so, next so year. I mean I only had da- I, I only had Davis in my cell if we got a good um, good offer for him. Yeah, but, but, I'll agree with that. Yeah, same. You're failing a, a, a you know a, a hundred million pound bid for Davies. I'd be I'd be quite happy to <laughs> I'd be quite happy to loan out Sessignon again to um, Hoffenheim or where you know whoever else is interested in him. I think another season on loan would be good for him and probably good for us in the long run and probably better. So I, I wouldn't object to uh, loaning him out if we don't get a mega deal for a mega offer for Davies. You know, before we get into the centre-backs, let's round off a uh, full-back situation. I think we have come to the consensus that Aurier is gone. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much, Serge. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll take what we can. And then it's it's really with, with Davies and Sessignon going to become a case of, you know, if someone wants to offer us the right money for either, we will take it. Equally, we will be okay with both still being at the club. So we're just going to wait and evaluate the, the, the potential deals we get for those two players, uh, whether that be a sale or even in Sessignon's case, another other load mm-hmm. um, but the one concrete sale we're going to have from the fullback section is Aurier let's name the quote-unquote centre-halves by definition Alderweireld Sanchez Rodon Dyer, Tanganga and Foyth and and Cameron Carter-Vickers who's still a Tottenham Hotspur player Ram I'm going to start with you and 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 let's start to unpack this uh, uh situation and possibly starting with Tanganga well start where you need to start firstly uh, yeah I had no idea CCV was still at the club I'm not quite sure what's happened there but, but uh yeah yeah I thought I thought he'd gone but uh I'm gonna take him out of the equation completely I just if, if he's not already been in you know in or around that first team then should we just take CCV for a second so I think he's, he's been out of Bournemouth on loan so he- he was a losing playoff finalist, championship playoff finalist uh, this weekend. But um, the, the word is that Bournemouth are going to come in and put with a bid for him. So I think if Bournemouth bid anything upwards of a million or so, then we're going to sell him, aren't we? Yeah. Does that sit well yeah, with you, Ram? Are you so. okay with that? I'm okay with that. I would reluctantly let Toby go. Reluctantly again, because I'm sentimental. And, uh, you know, and I think he has been a good servant for the club, but go back to the time when when Poch wanted him gone then I think that's when he should have gone it's, it's a strange one because I still think he's our best defender at the club but I think he's just at a stage now where we, you know he's just taking up space for someone potentially younger and better coming in um, and then Dyer again I think there's a player there and I think he's shown in the past that he can he can be 
you know a decent centre back in in the right in the right system. And but I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. I think he's another one of those where I think if a decent offer comes in, we'd sell him. I mean, you know, the fact that there was rumours in the past that Matt United, when Jose was there, were going to bid fifty million for him. Imagine if mm-hmm. if a, if a club came in now and said, "We'll give you fifty million for Dyer." It was rumoured that Jose did talk to him. You can make of that what you will. Can't you ask Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, again, I cannot implicate uh, anything other than to say I was told. Quite Fair unquote. Enough. So. It's, um, it's all right, Daniel. I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that, guys. No problem. But so I think in terms of the the, the centre backs, I'd like to keep. I'd like to keep Rodon on, and I wouldn't want to send him on loan because I think mm-hmm. he's shown enough this season in the first team, in in you know in in games that he's he's got enough about him to to be in that first team squad um, for match days. Sanchez again. He you know he's he's like Marmite, isn't he? But I still think there's a player there, and and then Tanganga. I think again like. Rodon I think he's shown enough that he deserves a place mm-hmm. in that squad so for me there's Rodon Tanganga Sanchez and if we do sell Toby and uh, a good offer for Dyer comes in then I'd say we just need one more I don't Foyth again romantically I'd like him to come back I think he's a good player again in the right system it's just it didn't quite work for him at Spurs but then what you know he's gone off and he's won the Europa League so what do I know Milo um so yeah we covered CCV uh Foyth my understanding is that Villarreal have got an option at 15 million and we don't have a say in that so if they want to activate it and he wants to go he's gone and um his messages when he went out on loan last last summer indicated that he didn't expect to be back so I'm 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 assuming he's not back but I think we've mismanaged him I think he's a good player and I think it's a real shame what's happened there because I think we could have got more out of him Jaffet I would be definitely holding on to um, his flexibility and his, his ability to play a number of positions is really useful. I'd like to be see him playing centre half more, but you know he's a good player. Rodon, I would definitely be holding on to. He really impressed me this season. I think there's a lot more to come from the, from him. And that brings me to Alderweireld, Sanchez, and Dyer. I would be looking to sell two of those three, and it's whoever I got the best bid for. Although I think in terms of kind of bedding in. A new defence, I think probably the one I'd want to hold on to most was probably Alderweireld because I think he's probably the best one to play someone else alongside when we're settling in next year. So if I could bring in two centre-halves and play one of them alongside Alderweireld for the first few months of next season, uh, settle them in and then bring in the other, that would be ideal. But the market where it is... I, I would accept a good, uh, you know, a good offer for you know the first good offer I got for two of those three. Ricky, yeah, um, shame about Foyth. Um, I, I, obviously, from his point of view, I can't see him really wanting to come back because they're in the Champions League next year. So um, yeah, it's a shame about that because we could do with a kind of all teams could do with a versatile player, mm. and he can play in quite a few positions. And I think he has got talent, especially when he um, treads on the ball and breaks his nose against someone's <laughs> knee in one movement, <laughs> like he did the other night. <laughs> Very special player. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I do, I do like fight. Yeah, Tanganga obviously staying a good youngster, good prospect, good front foot defender. Steph, um, same with Rodon, probably very mm. much a front foot defender, good organizer, very vocal for someone that's quite young. And then we're looking at the three, like uh, Milo said, which is Dyer, Sanchez, and Toby. And with Dyer and Sanchez. <sighs> I'm at the end of the line with them, so it's all change, all change. So um, <laughs> plenty of evidence to suggest that we keep hoping that they're going to turn the corner and they have some good games, they have some average games, but they do also look like players that won't necessarily take us to somewhere where we want to go. And Toby is still our best defender and that is 
basically because the other two aren't making him look anything else. And what I want is new centre-halves to come in that then make me think that Toby isn't my best defender anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, we fade him out. I mean, Toby can probably see out his contract with us if he wants and go back to Ajax or something, I presume he would. And he is reliable, Toby. I know he's a bit slower and stuff like that, but I never really get... I don't get anxious about him when he's playing and that kind of thing. So um, Toby can stay. Toby can be the one that stays, I think. And I think Davies and Sanchez might be worth... Uh, Davies, uh, Sanchez and Dyer might be worth something, I think. Uh, for me, Toby needs to be sold. Toby should have been sold two years ago. I sell him. I still think I'm going to get good money for him. I still think that, as you said, Ricky, you know, Ajax somewhere, give him a homecoming and let's get some money for him uh, if we can I am sticking with Davison Sanchez I do think there's a defender there I think he's brave I think he's extremely coachable and I think he suffered uh, tremendously under under Jose Mourinho I think Joe Roden stays I think Tanganga absolutely stays with the caveat that I do think he is a player who needs to have uh, a fitness regimen put in place he, he always seems to me like he's carrying an extra pound or two than he needs to and, and there's something in the way he moves that seems to he always seems to get these weird injuries and I think he suffered again under Jose and the lack of uh, you know any real fitness program so to speak that we were told about I mean that can't be true obviously it was a fitness program but I believe that he needs a little bit of recalibration um, but I absolutely keep him I'm taking I don't know about you guys you can join me if you want I'm going to give one fourth a call maybe take him for a little dinner maybe maybe a little bar you know a little barbecue maybe the local um, you know steakhouse whatever and I'm going to say to him hey I'm, I'm going to make it worth your while to stick around here because I think that you are an incredibly coachable asset and again given the market we're in and given where we're at this is a player who can play two positions and uh, we need a ball player three. we need three thank you uh, and and he can pass he's not afraid to pass and as uh, Milo pointed out earlier with Hugo you know when you've got someone who's maybe not very good with their feet uh, in goal you do need at least one of your central defenders or right backs or whatever to be able to play out so I think he's very very reliable Cameron Carter Vickers yes uh, off you go and then we come to Eric Dyer I think it's very true whoever we will get the most money for out of Dyer and Alderweireld one of them goes my personal preference and it is personal and I know it's not going to be um, necessarily agreeable is that Eric Dyer is one of the bravest players we've got at the football club he's completely ready to put himself wherever he needs to play for the good of the team and I cannot think of a better mentor for younger players coming through having said that it's hard to argue that on the pitch he has not exactly done much to uh, to advance any argument for keeping him so for me that's a, a that's a gamble on personality and I keep him and I sell Toby that being said let us move on to midfield which which actually again it's one of these departments where there's some players that are going to interlink with your forwards especially given how we've been playing the last couple of years but let's stick to pure midfielders that we would all you know know these are midfielders <laughs> as opposed to oh they're midfielders these are midfielders <laughs> right so these are midfielders Hoybier and Dombele Baselso, Skip, Sissoko and Winks. Milo, I'm going to let you kick this off. Sell Sissoko and Winks, keep the rest. Ricky? Agree with that all the way, I think. Definitely going to keep Hoiberg and Dembele, Lacelso and Skip. I think, yeah, the way Skip played last year, we need to keep him around this year, I yeah. think. Because one, he just might combine with Hoiberg or might combine or give Hoiberg a rest. Or he, you know, I think out of that quartet, there's we, we need to see if we can develop that into something. And I don't think we've had that answer yet. So we need to get that. Sissoko, I think, has got two years 
left so it's his last chance to sell him maybe get a little bit of money for him and Winks I would move on as well sadly I, I kind of see it as two and two so Hoybier and Skip are playing the same position and interchanging Lo Celso and Ndebele are, are interchanging obviously that changes a bit if we bring in a manager who wants to play a three-man midfield and we might want to look at keeping yeah, another exactly. player or bringing someone else in but um, yeah that's that's the basis I see it and I wouldn't be surprised if a new manager coming in wanted to start the season with Skip and Hoybier just to keep it a bit tight and build a base and 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 then over the season maybe the other two come in but yeah I, I think as a yeah. two and two that feels quite good to me yeah Ram totally total agreement with that uh, Sissoko and Winks I had uh, down as well um, for the reasons the other guys have specified Sissoko unfortunately has come to the end of his time with us and I think it's been actually bordering on spectacular the work he's done uh, it really has and I mean you know, I, I think he deserves all the praise and all the plaudits for how he managed to make a career with us when, quite frankly, it was probably never the right deal to start with uh, and he mm. really wasn't able to play in mm. the role that he used to play at. So, But the time has come and I do think we, we need to get some money. Is he in the French squad, Steph? Yeah, is he, yeah, in the he French is, squad? yeah. He, he was picked, he picked over London oh, okay. <laughs> But again, you, you have you have to assume that's that's for you know the things he was been doing for us for years yeah. you know he's well, hopefully he's in the shop window hopefully yeah. Yeah, 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 so yeah. that might be that might benefit us yeah, yeah. I know I've joked, you know, about Sissoko and my love for him, but it's actually genuine. Yeah. Like I do believe yeah. he's been a great servant for us. I think he's a he's a very uh, powerful for the players' voice in the dressing yeah. room in oh. terms of you know in terms of uh, camaraderie yeah. and 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 you know and kind of keeping but, things together. So, but it is it's something we would miss. Harry Winks for me is the offer's got to be good. Mm-hmm. Again, I still think there's a player in there. I really do. I do think with Winks that maybe for his own good, it's time for him. To- to move on yeah yeah, good yeah. Point. i mean look again we acquiesce to uh, as we as we must uh, as a committee i acquiesce to the group decision but just to put on record that i think that winks the bid needs to be good mm-hmm. i'm looking for 25 million for him equally i would be okay especially depending on the manager coming in if he stuck around i, I would be okay with that and the controversial player in which case should we put him on the if we get a good bid the yes. only thing i think potentially with that is that we were talking about using some of the academy players in the cups you know the early rounds of the cups particularly and then wink stops divine or or john Hot, getting games harvey yeah white. harvey white getting mm-hmm. games that's a very good argument okay on that basis i would be I, I would agree and i'd say move on i think it's a very good point about actually holding the progress back of, of some of the players uh who are coming mm. through the, the reserves and I, so on that basis I, I i revise my opinion i agree it is time and that's maybe a little bit of being brave as well because even though there is a player there it as you quite rightly said it may not be with us i think the most controversial thing i have to say on the midfield is you know again I'm looking at finance and you know this balances against whoever's coming in I will say if Pochettino's coming in this is not an option okay what I'm about to say if he's not and we get a good bid for Lo Celso I would sell him and I'd replace him with someone who is uh, possibly a little more functional for what we have I think again there's a player there but I'm not sure what that player is I'm not sure who that player is I'm still not sure that he's going to be able to play a full season for us without getting injured there's too many question marks and so given the budget and given the pricing if I could get a good, if I could get some money for him, if I could get 40 million for him or, you know, 45, I might be prepared to do it. There's so much about him to like. 
And this, mm. so you see moments where he's just, you just think, wow, what a player. I'm just, I just, again, this might be being a bit ruthless and it is also dictated by, by uh, COVID finance. I think it's fair to say that after two seasons with uh, with us, you know, neither Lo Celso nor Ndombele have really nailed on a position. I think that's justified. I think in mm. mitigation, they came into a club that was a mess and it mm. hasn't got any tidier in the meantime. So I would like to see what they could do in a more stable environment if you got a, a really good offer for either of them, I would potentially sell because I do also think it's a concern that they don't appear to be able to play together. Mm. I keep a Dombelli. It's amazing, really. They've been here two seasons because their contribution's so fragmented that it, you yeah, know it's, it's hard to see what it adds up to. But um, yeah. I think Lacelso, in a kind of system team of knitting things together, he could be a, a very mm. much a good cog in a team like that. It's interesting, like you say about them playing together, can they? But I just kind of I just want to see if they can, basically. So that would obviously indicate that I wouldn't really want to get rid of either of them and and i think the thing with lacelso is he does offer us you know we're going to go on to the forwards now or the wide forwards he does give us an option at, at uh, number 10 or um you know kind of wide right you know if, we, if we're looking to move on some of the older players there then holding on to him does give us a couple of other options okay so what does that drill down as what's the drill down there i think we all agreed didn't we i think this was um the a really quick decision that we've managed to string out over about 15 minutes uh, <laughs> so i think we're keeping hoybier and dembele Lo Celso, skip and selling Sissoko and winks but maybe Lo Celso is in the seller at the right price i'm happy to agree with the committee on that as long as uh, Lo Celso remains on the sell at the right price because I think okay. it's, I think if there's money to be there, I think we should. Now I've got the interesting situation again of forwards, some of whom are, you know, attacking midfielders, however you want to term it. Sun, Mora, Lamella, Delhi, Bergwine, and Jack Clark. I don't know why I said that with such emphasis, probably because I've not said his name actually pretty much for most of the season. Uh, and, and it's still... And has he not been with us for two years now at this point? Yeah, he I'm has. Yeah, yeah. 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 Bloody hell. Ram, first of all here, and what's your decision? So I would sell Lamella and Lucas and keep the rest. I think the others all offer uh, something to the to the team. Um, and I think, I think Lamella is kind of, you know, again... It's, it comes down to the romanticism of it all. I'd love to keep Lamella, and you know he's a shit house, and I love that. And he's he's done some, he's had some incredible moments for us. But I think it's time he's not done enough in his time here to warrant now, you know, sentimentality. I think. Uh, Lucas again you know he's provided some of the greatest moments for me as a Spurs fan you know one of the greatest ever but I just don't see I would rather we got someone else in that could offer more than what he offers um, in a functioning team with a, with a system I think I think he's a bit limited um, and I'd keep the rest actually Clark now there's an interesting one because again like like CCV I've kind of like this is the, you know this is the first time he's been <laughs> I've I've thought about him in, in 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 since since he's been here, you know, like I just don't see enough there. So actually let me let me change that. Lamella, Lucas and Clark. They're my three to go and the rest we keep. Milo. So on Clark, I think he's been very unlucky on his loan deal so far. I think there's a player there and I my instinct would be to loan him out, but my understanding is that Pochettino wasn't uh, didn't want him and that's why he got loaned out straight away. So if Pochettino's coming in, then maybe a loan deal for him doesn't make a lot of sense and maybe we should be selling him. Ignoring the manager for a moment, I would be looking to loan him out again. I don't think he's ready to play part of our first team squad at all. You know, he, he's definitely sell or loan. I agree with Ram. I would be looking to sell Lamella reluctantly. I love Lamella. I think he's great. But 
his age and his contract situation. He's only got a year left on it. There appears to be interest from a couple of Italian clubs this summer, so it's definitely a, t- a time to sell. Uh, Mora, I think he's had probably his best season for us this se- season. That, um, that hot streak when Mourinho mo- moved him to number 10, he, he was really good. And I think off the back of that, I think there'll be some interest in him this summer. I don't think he's very well suited to a, a team playing possession football. So I think he, he's well suited to a team playing on the break, which is why he did well under one of the players who did well under Mourinho. I don't think he'd do particularly well if Pochettino or Tan Hag or, or Potter came in um, or as well as he has been doing. And I think that means he probably goes back to being an in, impact sub. And uh, given his age and that we could get, a, you know, he's got a decent amount of time left in his contract. I think he's had a good season. I think we'd get a good price to him. So I sell. Um, so I'm keeping Sun. Delhi and Bergwin. Ricky? Yeah, pretty much the same. I think we can definitely piggyback on Mora's good season and there'll be people maybe on the continent that will be interested in him. Although, you know, if they've got the money to buy someone of... Is he 29, Mora? He's 28. Oh, he's 28, yeah. Moving on at his age and then hopefully getting someone a bit kind of younger to fill in behind that. Um, Son, definitely staying. Hopefully if uh, Steph give... Um, Steph give Daniel the eyes is Sun staying is he signing a new contract what is, what's, what's, what's the bald one saying uh, unofficial word is that uh, we will enjoy the sun rising over the new White Hart Lane again oh, quality yes that's Lovely. right because Sonny's got to stay he does good numbers doesn't mm. he let's face it along with Kane um, Lamella as Milo said last year of his contract with a heavy heart he'll go I suppose he spent many years here and He's, contrib- he's contributed a lot, but obviously massively fragmented mm. with all his injury problems. It's such a shame because he might be someone that's quite good for a new manager to have around when he comes in. I'm, mm. I'm surprised Potch would like him, but I think he's just got to go. We've got to move on from that. We've got to clear that kind of one away. Bergwijn I like as a player. I think last year he was very much used as a bit of a water carrier yeah. under Mourinho. And I think he offers yeah. a lot more on that on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, he's still an untapped talent, though. He needs obviously mm. good coaching. But I can imagine him being a really good part of a team in a kind of, I don't know, in a kind of Jota kind of mm. way, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Jota's better than Bergwijn, well, he obviously is at the moment. But uh, he's definitely busy. He's definitely physical. He's not as quick as everyone thinks he is, but he's he's got a good footballing brain. He can cover a few positions as well, can't he? He can play either side or he through the middle. Think, yeah. So I think that's, um, I don't think we quite know what player he's going to end up yet. Exactly. And that's mm. a good thing, mm. I think, because I think he looks like he's definitely got some raw material there that we can work with. And then Delhi, see, winding back six months ago, I'd be up basically because I'd think that he was worth something. I'd be, I would have been up for moving Delhi on. But these last couple of months when he's played, and I think he said something on his Instagram yeah. or Twitter about, you know, he's learned a lot of things this year and he knows that hopefully, I think with Delhi in his own mind, it's just about. He, and I think he, this is what he's saying. He just needs to knuckle down now. He realises that maybe he's floated along a bit and he thinks he's 25. If you're going to be a real player in this league, then now is the time to mm. do it. And I think we could roll the dice with Delhi, but end up with someone that's just, you know, why roll the dice with Delhi? He could come back. He's, you know, we, and if Kane stays, that's even more reason for Delhi to stay, I think. There's a combination that can be reignited there that was world-class at one point. It's just something you said, Ricky, that actually made me think. In terms of saleable assets, and I've, I've not for one second do I want Delhi to leave, in terms of saleable assets, in the environment we're in now, he'd probably generate probably one of the biggest fees we could get bar Kane for any player that's in our squad. And then it's that thing of rolling the dice. Do you risk keeping him and him not 
not achieving the level he could always be, which I believe he will? Or do you sell him for quite a large fee, a substantial fee, which he could still command and reinvest? I would say I think it would be a fraction of what we would have got a few years ago. What I was going to say is that I think um, Levy not selling Delhi in January I think probably is the only thing he's got right this year. Agreed. Because we would have got bugger all for him then. And I think for me, he showed enough at the end of the season to show that there's a player there still and that that there's more to come from him. Yeah, look, I keep Delhi 100%. There's not even a question for me. And if if, if you require me to break it down any further, I can, but... I, I don't see any need to. I'm I'm not selling him. Sonny, Sonny writes his own script, obviously. I'm not selling Sonny. Bergwijn, I think there's a player there. I think he was, uh, you know, he falls into the players who was adapted to do a job under the last manager as opposed to doing what he is best at. So I would love to see him given a chance to play in the positions that he is more comfortable playing in. That's my, my I would keep him 100%. Jack Clark, uh, yeah, I'd sell if I could get the money or loan out. I'm not sure if it's, you know, whatever's. My instinct is sell, but if we don't get enough money, I'll probably loan him because you never know. The orchid might yet uh, mm-hmm. bud properly. And then we're down to Mora and, and, and Lamella. And, and this is very difficult because undoubtedly one of them has to go. There's no two ways about it. And I think earlier this season, I was unequivocal in the fact that we should keep Lamella. Uh, I think actually uh, Milo and I sort of had a, a bit of a ding dong about it. I have to say, you know, cold revision has led me to think that it is time. Uh, thank you very much. It's been a nice ride at times. It's been a mysterious ride at others for a season or so there. You were nowhere, nowhere to be seen, uh, Eric. But thank you. Uh, and let's emancipate you. Let's let's let you go back, maybe play in Syria, where I think you'd be most comfortable. And again, controversially by our standards, not by the standards of the world, obviously. But I would say that PS5, aka Lucas Mora, is quite possibly falling into the category of only if we get a good enough amount of money, because there's still a player there who, for me, can be thrown on as a sub and can and can sometimes affect mm. the game so it's a punt if you get the right money fine uh but I, of the two of them i keep him i think we've probably got to say that the the attacking part of the team is probably not the area we're going to be focusing on it's probably defense which is the priority yeah. this summer isn't it yeah, so yeah. um i think maybe if you get the right offer and he, he's got a few years left on his contract so it's probably not urgent yet but i do have a bit of a problem with the fact that mora can't trap or pass a ball and that does that does limit what we can do with him. You know, we were talking about Danny Rose earlier on. We we were saying that you know we we turned down fifty million pound bids for him. The same with uh, with Dyer, and now they're you know we've let uh, Rose go for nothing, and Dyer is worth bugger all. And I can't help thinking that Mora would be in that position in a, in a year or two. Whereas this summer we've got a chance to get some decent money for him. What's our mm. price? I would sell anything for anything north of twenty million. I think I feel anything north of twenty five, but that's probably unrealistic. Ram. Rick- um, possibly. I mean, I mean, it's without knowing what the kind of the market mm. looks like, basically. So you're factoring in something there, Milo, where maybe something north of 20 is in what you expect the market to be like. I hadn't thought about it before Steph asked me the question. It was the first number that came to my head. <laughs> so in which case, is Lamella selling Mora's at the right price? Yes, I think that that's what we think. Lamella's going and Mora, if the price is right, goes to. Otherwise, we keep. I think that's what we're agreeing. I'm not sure where we are with Jack Clark. What do we agree there? I say whatever. I think we move him on myself. I, I would loan him out. I don't think it's sure. going to be a great market this year, but I mean, if you've got a crazy offer, we're unlikely to get an offer for more than we paid for him. If we got a crazy offer for Jack Clark, it would probably make me want to keep him because it'd be like, crikey, someone's seeing something that yeah. we're not. So, <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so we'll agree that Jack Clark can be loaned out for another season, right? Should we yep. agree on that? 
Okay, we're loaning Jack Clark out. Okay, let's move to the loans. Two players here to discuss. Carlos Vinicius, Gareth Bale. Very simple. Do they stay or do they go? Ricky, you start. Um, I liked Vinny last year, but he didn't get enough chances. But when he did, he showed that he was good as a back... When we've been searching for that backup other seasons, and then one actually came along that seemed to do the job that we wanted him to, but then we really didn't give him that many matches to fulfil everything that we could see. So he's. I think he'll just go back to Benfica. Bale... Do you want um, to send him back to Benfica? Are you OK with that? It's a tough one because... Yes, it is. You have to make the decision. Yeah, Are we then just back in the same situation where all those other seasons where everyone would uh, bemoan us not signing someone that can step in for but I suppose it's, it's manager's choice I mean another manager might have given Vinny more games so um, and we do kind of need someone like that I suppose you could argue well, if Bale comes back as well then maybe he can cover in a more central area and that kind of thing so I suppose if I moved on to the Bale thing I would have Bale back to be honest so Bale back Vinny go back to Benfica right that's your call yeah I think okay. yeah yeah okay. I think so Milo so so I'm feeling it's a bit tricky for me because it depends partly on what happens with Kane. Ideally, I would like to be signing a striker that we is we view as the long-term replacement for Kane. So bringing in someone, blood them this season, they play in the Cups and off the bench and uh, we're in a stronger position next season, so we're not in the same position we are now. But if that didn't happen, then I wouldn't be too upset if we did a, a 9pm on the 31st of August Daniel Levy special and low-balled... Uh, Benfica on on Vinny and, and signed him for far less than figure that's in his in his contract. But I also suspect that him coming to us was a Mendes shop window loan, and that he'll be off to Turkey or somewhere else, and everyone will be happy, you know, <laughs> off the back of it. So, but I, I thought he was fine. He was adequate, and I wouldn't be too upset if he was our reserve striker next season. But uh, it certainly wouldn't be my priority for the summer. Bale, not the money being quoted. So I don't think he's worth his wages. Ram? Vinny, I would let him go back. I think he did well, in the, especially in the Europa League. You know, he, he scored a few important goals for us. Um, but I just don't, I didn't see enough that would make me think he, in, in what is a very, it still is an important position in that kind of support to, to Kane, you know, not support, but uh, backup or, or, you know, fighting for um, a future first team Um First eleven position, I just don't think he's got enough about him for that, or he hasn't shown enough about him. I think it's you know, I do think it. He he wasn't played at the times we needed him to play in terms of like when we needed a striker, uh, an out and out striker. We just didn't play him. You know, we we played Son up front or or Lucas up front, and I think so. He maybe he didn't get a chance in that sense, but not uh, not enough uh, for me to keep him. Bale, absolutely. Get him back in. Get him back in. He's there. I think he... Uh, how many goals did he score for for us over the season? Was it something like 17 or something like that? For someone who didn't play, you know, for, for six months in terms of... Uh, or was in and out of the team for six months and only really came to the fore and, you know, into the second half of the season. He's world-class still for me. Uh, and I know that's contentious. I know that I know a lot of people would disagree with me on that. And But yeah, I, I, I would keep him. I think he spurs through and through. I think he still has a lot to offer. And I think he's really good with the young players, apparently. So, uh, yeah, keep him for sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, I agree with uh, with what Ricky said about uh, Vinicius. I think uh, actually he's had a bit of a raw deal in terms of there is, I think there is a striker in there and a really good one. But, you know, I think his time, it came and it went with us. I think it's just unfortunate. I think he's the player that I let go of um, out of these two. Could it work if he was coached? 
properly. I, I do think there are raw. The thing is raw material there, but you know, for backup striker now, I think we're going to need someone who can deliver. And actually, that does bring us to Bale very, very comfortably because uh, you know I look at the money that we are paying towards his wages, and I assume that any loan deal that was extended would continue the arrangement where we are paying a portion of, and Real Madrid mm. are paying the lion's share. And you know, look. If we play, if we played Gareth Bale twenty five percent more this season, we would have made the Champions League, in my opinion. And I just don't think we can afford to let go of an opportunity to have a player like that. I don't care if he only turns up against like you know the the lesser two thirds of the division. Those there are there were some games there that we did not win, and he wasn't playing. So for me, I keep him. Yes, I go for that loan again. My issue is is that two hundred k a week is a lot for a player who can only play against the bottom half at home. And I I really doubt that if we're playing a pressing T a pressing game that you can have him and Kane in the same side. So if he was coming back on a hundred K a week, if we were paying a hundred K a week for him, then it's an easier decision for me because you could play him uh, you could you, know, you could play him in rotation with Kane, in, uh, you know, with a uh, you know maybe a faster, you know, more athletic striker coming into the side. You can play him in Europe. You can play him in the cups. But I I I just don't see if we want to move towards a system and you know playing as a system. And part of that is pressing from the front. I don't see. I don't think he makes good business sense makes very good football decisions on the pitch yeah though. no no he's a great player don't get don't get me wrong but also from a football sense if we are moving to if we want to play a system if we want to press from the front if that's what we're intending to do then I don't think you can play him and Kane in the same side because Kane can't do that running anymore Bale certainly can't you can't press if you've only got two two forwards who are, who are doing it okay well I, I will say from in, in retort to the business sense no no Steph that's football sense you, you know I'm talking about football there I'm talking about a football tactic if that's what we're trying to play you can't play him and Kane in the same team right but you also said at the outshot there's a business sense of it so you let's address the business sense first from my opinion on the business sense is that the extra five points that gets you into the Champions League mitigates his wage. So uh, his wages are covered by actually making the Champions League or even the Europa League. Having So said that. here's an idea, Steph. Why don't we get our players fit and then we can still get those five points and we bank 200k a week? I mean, if we were looking for like in the market, just looking for someone that could change games or even if it was an impact sub and then that person was six, seven million quid and you paid him a hundred grand a week, that would be exactly the same kind of figures. And as I said before, honestly, goals is the currency of football at the end of the day. And when it comes to that moment of putting the ball in the net, there's so few people are as good as a Gareth Bale. Harry Kane's another one, but to have two Correct. people potentially in the same team that can do that is, I don't think that's a big price to pay. And even if he turned out to be a flat track bully, so what? We've had plenty of games over the years where we just couldn't, we've either drawn when we should have won and stuff like yeah. that. And if it kind of begins us over to the line, even in those games, I think that's yeah, worth but then it. The flat track bully thing, sorry, I've got to address that. I mean, yes, okay, we can say all we want about the flat track bully in terms of our club and what we saw in the last season. But number one, he was he was playing under a, a, a just a horrendous, uh, a horrendous manager. I mean, a guy who didn't, a, a guy who just, we were, he was playing under one of the worst managers you could play under as an attacking footballer. I mean, crikey, yeah. come on. Like, there's, there's, where on earth is he going to get the chance to shine? He's not even trusted. He wasn't trusted in these games. I mean, flat track, if Gareth Bale is a flat track bullet, I want, I want 10 more because the guy has consistently won the biggest fucking games in world football and we're going to write him off as a flat track bully. I'm not having it. No, he gets one more year from me 
end of. I just want to come in on there as well. I think in terms of a business decision, I think Gareth Bale is a world megastar in football. So if you're not even talking about things on the pitch, off the pitch, you're talking about revenue that will come in through having Gareth Bale in the squad. In terms of having him in the team, I think him in the team, even if he just played in Europe, we win the Europa Conference League with yeah, Gareth Bale. Yeah, I reckon he'd win that on his own. He'd win it on his own. <laughs> and, in, and, I th- and I think there's a point with with Bale, even even though you know he's he's kind of been told that he's passed it and things like that, we, we hear all that. I think you put Gareth Bale in the squad, you put him in that first eleven, and other teams have something to think about, and they do think about it, and they think <laughs> they think there's a great big space behind him that I can get into and attack. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, but I mean, on that basis, on that basis, Steph, Milo, I'm taking the piss. I'm taking no, the piss, I Steph. <laughs> I know, but I know, but on that basis, why don't we sign fullbacks who can defend? That's why I spend that 200k a week on. Nah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't get. I'm sorry, Gareth okay. Bale is. He he needs to be like well, right. in the position that Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> Football Club are in. We need Gareth Bale. Like having Gareth Bale on the team is a no-brainer. I think this is a heart overhead decision you're making here, but I understand that I'm in a minority. Right. Yes, quite. You are in the minority. So, so we're re-signing him for a year. We decided. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, before we go, and and thanks very much, guys. It's been a great squad recap. There's just one player that I suppose I suppose we should discuss him briefly. Um, some some bloke called Harry Kane. Is <laughs> Daniel shaking his head? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just go. A veins come out. Yeah, yeah. So there's so okay. I mean, all all jokes aside. This is not just going to be the biggest transfer story of the summer for our club. Uh, it's the biggest transfer story in football. Uh, I think probably even bigger than an Mbappe or anything. It's a massive, massive story because nobody in world football is able to put the ball in the back of the net like Harry Kane. Even after the injuries that he has suffered the last few years, he's had, just had his best ever season. He's, uh, you know, golden boot, golden assist. I mean, he, he, I, I, how many platitudes did he quite rightly earn? But we're at a point where he looks like uh, he has uh, made it clear that he would uh, enjoy getting some silverware in his own cabinet uh, beyond those personal awards. And we are in 2021 and we've referred to it several times during uh, this pod. There are economics involved in these decisions. There's timing. And Harry is at a very, very delicate point of his career. You know, this is going to be either his last really big contract or his, you know, his peak move, yeah, if he were to move. Very simple. Do we sell? Do we not? And what is the price at which you might agree to move him on? And I'm going to start with you, Ricky. Um, I think it would be, to be, you know, a fair price would be 150 or more. I'd say we'd listen to something at 150 or more. In other words, talks would begin. But I think some people have floated the idea of like, well, it might, you know, I just don't agree with this at all. Oh, it might be a good idea because we we rely too much on him. Everything's focused on him and stuff like that. But believe me, if he's not there, there's a massive hole in that team. He's such an all-round player. Over the last few seasons, he's become almost priceless, although I've just, you know, put a price on him. Um, Which is our job. Well, uh, you have to put a price on him. Which is, yeah, yeah we're part of the committee. You've got to, like, yeah, this is, this, let people know what this we're This is thinking. the tough work. You have to put a price on him. So that's nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, it's just... I'd, I mean, and even after the interview he had with Gary Neville, it actually made me more not want him to go because he wasn't directly saying it. But you could just tell from his mentality is 100% they are people you need at your club, players like him. He's just completely 
religious about football but um yeah he's just a family man you can say it and he just religiously thinks about football all the time and how he can improve and you know you can have all the money in the world but those goals will be gone and you'll be rolling the dice on whoever we think we can get in and there's not a, a lot of people that i can imagine who we could get in because it probably is not going to be harland or M- mm. mbappe they're not going to join the europa conference league tottenham hotspur yeah i don't th- i don't think he'll go anywhere i think we've discussed this before i think basically he's too he's too ex- he's too expensive for anyone this season and and also mbappe and harland are helping us by mm. being available as well but your price is 150 so, million yeah. i think discussions start at that okay. price I mean, Harry said in that interview, like, 100 million. And as Gary Neville said, no, I think it might start with a two. And Harry went, oh, no. <laughs> you know, okay. But, yeah. Milo? So, I wouldn't sell this summer. I don't think we will sell this summer. I, If we were, the price would start with a two for me. Levy's stock is low at the moment. He, you know, he's, he's in a bad position with the fans. And any sale that he did, he needs to be able to sell. And I think the only way he could do that is if he said, I got a world record fee for him and reinvested it. I can't see how he could sell anything else. And you know, Neymar is the world record fee, which is 197 million. And Kane is better than Neymar. COVID or no COVID, he's better than Neymar. So, you know, I think if he's going, it's got to start with a two. What I would do is I would say that to Kane. And I would say that a bid needs to be in before a certain date. You know, basically what Dortmund did with Sancho last summer this is you know this is the the price for starting negotiations it starts with a two and we need to receive that bid you know that offer before the end of July for instance or we're not you know or he's not for sale and at that point I would put another offer on the ta- a new contract on the uh, on the offer on the table to Kane which included a release clause for, clause for next summer at 120 million Ram I think there's publicly we say I would agree with Milo it starts with a two privately we'd be maybe willing to sell at 175 with the proviso that all that money goes straight back into the squad it has to go straight back into the squad but he is irreplaceable and again you know where we we, we're not in the running for players like Haaland or Mbappe we cannot afford to lose what he brings to the team if in, at least for the next few seasons anyway. And I just think that we can't, I wouldn't sell him at any hmm. price, but I know that that's not how football works. I know that, I know that he has ambitions that we currently may not be able hmm. to ever, you know, um, uh, be able to fulfill for him. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think Kane's going to agitate for a move, but what I would say is I don't think this is him, him, murmuring that he wants to move isn't necessarily this year's conversation yeah. I think he probably would have even last year had said I mean I know he said he's got some kind of gentleman's agreement with Daniel and that kind of thing but um, I think he is we've basically buggered up the last two years and he might just think we're not even treading water here we're going downhill um, but what I'm praying fingers crossed as I think I said in another pod if we could just get him to toe the line for this season I do believe that if we have a big upturn next season and let's say we get back in the Champions League, I think he could then just be willing to carry on. I think he would I stay there. I think he would love nothing more than for it to all happen at Tottenham for him. Yeah. More than anything. I'm not prepared to make any decision on Harry Kane without the manager, the incoming manager being involved. I also want to know where Harry's head is going to be at. I also want to know who's whispering mm. in Harry's ear. I also want to know who his agent is going to be in the foreseeable future. Those are big, big questions for me uh, that need to be answered. He is such a talisman for our club and our dressing room. Uh, I think it's incongruous that he be sold this summer. I, I, I don't think it will happen, but I do think we need to offer him a new contract extension which allows a break clause of some mm-hmm. sort in one season mm-hmm. i think that's mm-hmm. that's the way i appeal to harry 
to stay and that's the way I get him to sign is to give him that break and I yeah. actually would probably in at the that the problem with that break is I think you're going to have to make it as a figure that's lower than we would accept uh, normally and I think it would have to be 100 million given that he maintains his form which I don't think is a question but I think that's something that you have to do you know and I also would add into that clause that the only premiership club I'll consider selling him to is, is Man City and even that I'm not sure why I would entertain that clause because Man City are no better or worse but I just think they're operating on a financial stratosphere that continually makes yeah. a mockery of both financial fair play and actually fair competition but that's another conversation for another pod but anyway sorry I was just going to ask whether you know Harry's lust for silverware um whether if by some fluke Southgate managed to win the Euros this summer whether that would satisfy it yeah I was I had that exact thought the other day because where that silverware comes might not matter to Harry too much he might feel because he did say I think he's massively England isn't he mm. I think he's, he's, yeah, he's he country over club more than anything. He says it's just the biggest thing ever playing for his country. So if he kind of if we got over the line in the Euros, it might well might well help us. I think if uh, even if he won the Euros, if it were the European Championships, I, I think Harry wants to be a player. If he does win silverware, he wants to. He's talked about it. He wants to win silverware like a Messi or Ronaldo. He wants to win the Champions League. He wants to win a league title. He wants yeah. to win domestic cups. I, but I do hold on to the sentimentality of he wants to do that at Spurs and he's willing to go to his dying embers of his football career to do that. <laughs> but I think that's a very important question and I think that's the biggest question. I, I, I need to sit down and I, not just one cup of tea with Harry. I need to go and probably play a round of golf with him, probably go for dinner. I need to gauge where his head is at because for so long we've taken for granted what a loyal club servant he is. And I think almost, mm. he's almost, I think he's, love of the club is taken for granted and I think we do all think oh I'll never agitate for a move and never this and never that well he's a professional footballer and and a damn fine one at that so at a certain point if he feels strongly enough about wanting a Champions League medal in the next two three years he is going to agitate for a move and so you know whatever negotiations we have with him I do think we can't do the old thing that we did with Ericsson and so on of just pricing these players so far beyond the move into Mm. perpetuity if we're going to do that this summer we do need to offer him on paper in my opinion a break clause in a, in a year's time and we but yeah. it's the only way I think we're going to keep a player on side for the next season yeah. and you know it has to be done it can't be gentleman's agreement it has to be on paper that makes sense that makes complete yeah. sense I think because then there's none of this gentleman's yeah, agreement yes. business it's there yeah. in right here and he deserves that treatment I think Absolutely. So we're in agreement. Yeah. We're going to offer Harry. Uh, we're yeah, going to yeah. offer Harry a contract extension. We're going to give him. Uh, we're going to give him a written break clause in one year for giving us this this extra year. And and we're going to accept that that price might be a hundred million. But so the other thing I'd add in that is that the deal has to be done by the end of July or something like that. Love so it. you've got so you've yeah. got a month to spend yeah. it. Yes. So Fantastic. A, yeah, a bit yeah. like um, Adaviro's break. Uh, break clause. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that 100%. So we're agreeing that we are going to keep Harry for one more season. We're going to offer him the contract extension. We're going to offer him the break next summer yeah. for a reasonable price that we've probably all agreed is 100 million, even though it's under what he's valued. But it's the price that will get him a move that if he really wants one to uh, one of the big clubs, uh, with the caveat that business is done by July of 2023. Is that mm. right? Is that where we're at? That's where yep. we are. Yep. Great. Okay. Do you want me to run through who we've got? Yes, let's do that. Final, final run it. through, please, Milo. Yeah. So we're definitely keeping fourteen. So and there, that's Larice Whiteman, Doherty, Region, Rodon, Jaffet, Huibier, Undenbele, Skip, Sun, Delhi, Bergwin, Kane, and um, you lot are 
spunking all our money up the wall onto Gareth Bale. <laughs> <laughs> Sell, we're definitely selling Hart, Aurier, Foyth, reluctantly, CCV, um, Sissoko, Winks, Lamella, and we're not taking Vinicius back. And sell at the right price. And there's quite a few here. So I think realistically, um, you know, we've got seven out definitely. So we've probably only got space to probably accept offers for, what, three max of these. It's Davis, Aldeviriald, Sanchez, Dyer. Cessnion, you've got in, we've got in a both sell at the right price or loan out. So he's in both camps there. And that's probably dependent on Davies as well, isn't it? Lo Celso is sell at the right price. Uh, Mora is sell at the right price. And then loan out, we've got Cessnion if we don't get a mega bid for him and Clark. So I think with the definite sales there and maybe two or three of the at the right price, that will see us through a hundred million, I think. Yeah. You know, and if we can like throw another fifty million into the pot, then that's a summer window that we can do. I mean, especially with Europe being, you know, on its knees. And if we're talking about two for each position plus an extra keeper, then fourteen definitely mm. keeping doesn't feel too far off, does it? And you know we're not no. going to sell all of those no. at the right, pr- yeah, you know, at the right price ones. So you know that that doesn't feel a million miles away from where we should be. No, I think we're looking at no. possibly after all the business is done that uh, in terms of outgoings, we're looking at at an eighteen man squad from what we've got there, and then you're adding four names to it, maybe, uh, and then a, uh, you've got a couple of the reserves that get pushed yeah. up to the full yeah. first team squad, and that's yeah. Yeah, that's our business, and I think that that's about right. You know, uh, I think it also leaves whoever the incoming manager is with the, you know a, a, a good blend of, of of old and new. But I think we've managed to get rid in that case of the old players who are causing us uh, maybe the, the most stasis at. Uh, good job guys just had a word from on high yes thank you yeah you're welcome yeah can we do this again yeah we can do this again yeah yeah you can yeah. anytime you want to ask us a question <laughs> daniel we're here we're happy to do it we do all think that you made a major mistake uh by not uh completing the cheese room we'd like to see that completed as well <laughs> if you don't mind thanks very much uh with proletariat access that's right yes uh anyway uh so uh thanks guys i think it was brilliant i think it was a, a really it really uh a very interesting though isn't it to to just we've been trying not to discuss the incoming manager uh whoever mm. that may be and we've also been discussing who we wouldn't buy i mean you know it it as you said ricky it's not championship manager and i think as supporters you know an exercise like this really makes you even more aware that you know this is not as easy as sitting there and saying get rid of him buy him it's not like yeah. that there's so many things to consider when you're balancing a squad and you know squad balancing is is such a science and such an art so uh yeah, well, well, thanks very much, guys. It's it's been excellent. I I, I love the the way that we came to uh, decisions. I think that's that's wonderful, and I I hope that we get uh, retained. <laughs> Cheers, Steph. <laughs> All right, thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Steph. That was thanks, that was mate. a lot of fun. We're going to be back throughout the summer with a series of specials like this. Uh, you know, we're going to try and put out an episode a week, but they might be on slightly different days to normal or coming clusters. You know, and look, I keep it down. Contain yourselves, you mad people. I know you can't wait, but they are coming and you will be regularly served. Uh, The game is about glory, uh, wisdom, wit and facts and figures and all sorts. 
in these summer months. Uh, in the meantime, if you like what you hear, dig through the archives and you'll find oral treasures that will make your drives and dog walks thoroughly wonderful. I promise you. You can find us on all your social media platforms, including Twitter and Instagram. So give us a follow, say hello, or try and start a fight and see if we actually join in. Uh, and if you like the pod, please tell your friends, either online or in the real world, that you listen to the greatest pod in the world and that it is called The Game Is About Glory. As always, thanks very much for joining us and we'll see you again uh, in a week. Bye-bye.